Pastor McKinney and the Congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy this spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services. from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to q95fm.net whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's q95fm.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps High, our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic, and Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily ICAST, the Phelps campus at CAC Phelps, the Pikeville campus at Pike UPC, and you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to another CAC Daily iCast on this Wednesday. That's right. It is the 13th day of September, and we appreciate everybody joining us this morning, whether you're on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. Thank you for being a part of 
this broadcast. As you can see, little Perry Mason has in, uh, joined us on the back of the chair for the broadcast today. And uh, I've turned him around here where he can see you. And uh, when I start moving, he starts grabbing for the chair. So so he's uh, he's on the back of the chair right there. So he's uh, I'm going to have to get him a headset so he can listen in on the broadcast. But uh, we're glad that you joined us today. Hope you'll stick around. We got uh, some great stuff lined up for you. Uh, a few announcements we need to make mention of, of course, that we always try to keep you informed as best we can. And, uh, of course, on our uh, announcements, we do have coming up this Sunday, this Sunday, September the 17th, Brother Cornelius Harper is going to be with us at 11 a.m. only. And we won't be having any Sunday school Sunday. So keep that in mind. No Sunday school Sunday. So if you show up at 10 a.m., you'll be a little early. 11 a.m. service only at CAC. And then at 2 p.m., we're going to be gathering together to celebrate the 11th anniversary service of Pipeful Apostolic Church. So we're going to have a great time. And uh, we want you to be with us. That's at 2 p.m. on Sunday. Brother Cornelius Harper will be preaching over there. There's a cookout following. So, yeah, everybody likes a cookout. And then we will have the picnic shelter all fixed up, the Davis Memorial Family, the Davis Family Memorial Picnic Shelter. We'll have it all fixed up and set up, ready to sit. And sometimes it's in the sun, sometimes it's in the shade. We don't know what tomorrow's going to hold, so hopefully it'll be in the shade. Uh, also coming up, Saturday, October 21st, and Sunday, October 22nd, our homecoming services, 7 p.m. and 11 a.m. respectively. And Brother George Scott's going to be with us. And then on uh, in November, we're going to have on Friday, November the 17th, 7 p.m., Brother Buddy Puckett. Saturday, November the 18th, 7 p.m., Brother James Chesser. And Sunday, November the 19th at 11 a.m., Brother Michael Maupin. So, yeah, we're going to have a great time. And then we're going to be celebrating our 10th anniversary service right here from this station. That's right. We started back in 2013. Yeah, doing this a little bit of church every day, home Bible study, 21st century style, Monday through Friday. And uh, so the 5th of December we will be celebrating our 10th anniversary service. Well, that will put us uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 2,100 episodes that we have done over the past 10 years. And uh, we usually get about 200 episodes in, but due to uh, scheduling conflicts and cancellations, rescheduling, technical difficulties, other things, we are not going to hit our 200 mark. We are on... Uh, yeah, I know. We are on uh, episode number 145 of this year, and this is the 256th day of our 365-day year. So just give you a little information there. But uh, this is episode 145, so we probably won't get to hit our 200 mark. If we do, it'll be so close because we got Christmas and Thanksgiving and uh, other things coming up that are holidays, so we'll be taking those off. And, uh, well, let's see if I got everything there in announcement-wise. I think I did. And uh, so uh, 
Also, we have our prayer list that we need you to be praying about a lot of people. And we want to remember Marvin Bentley, Barbara Dove, Sue Bain family. Sue passed away yesterday. Rebecca James, Paxton Bentley and Whitley, Rosa Urabi, and Van. Let's remember Dan, Danny Ratliff, Pam Bartley, Gina, and also Liam Day. Let's remember all of these in prayer that the Lord will touch each and every one of them. Well, uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And as we said, you can uh, call in at 606-282-4108 or send your prayer request to prayer at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's go to the Lord in prayer as we pray today, not only for all these requests. If you have a request, you can put them in the chat room, comment section, email them to us, or call it in. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we come before your presence, and we thank you for this opportunity that you have blessed us to be gathered here together in your precious name. Thanking you, Lord, for the many things you have done in our life. Thanking you, Lord, for getting ready to celebrate the 11th anniversary service at Pipeful Apostolic Church. Thankful, Lord, for Brother Harper going to be with us this weekend. I pray that you would give him the word that needs to be preached. I pray, Lord, that you would move in a mighty way for each and every one that has a need today. You know their situations or circumstances, and I know that you can supply their needs according to your riches and glory. I pray that you would touch each and every one that is watching today or will watch by way of on demand at a later time, that they will be touched in their bodies and provisions be met. And Lord, we ask that you would just go into our homes today, into our lives, and do a great work with all of us as we give you the praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, um, let's just jump right into our Bible reading. We're reading our way through the Old Testament. We're going to be in 2 Samuel chapter 14. 2 Samuel chapter 14. Now Joab the son of Zeruiah perceived that the king's heart was toward Absalom. And Joab sent to Tekoa and fetched thence a wise woman and said unto her, I pray thee, feign thyself to be a mourner, and put on now mourning apparel, and anoint not thyself with oil, but be as a woman that had a long time mourned for the dead, and come to the king, and speak on this manner unto him. So Joab put the words in her mouth, and when the woman of Tekoa spake to the king, she fell on her face to the ground, and did obeisance, and said, Help, O king! And the king said unto her, What aileth thee? And she answered, I am indeed a widow woman, and mine husband is dead. And the handmaid had two sons, and they two strove together in the field, and there was none to part them. But the one smote the other and slew him. And behold, the whole family is risen against thine handmaid. And they said, Deliver him that smote his brother, that we may kill him for the life of his brother whom he slew, and we will destroy the heir also. And so they shall quench my coal which is left, and shall not leave to my husband neither name nor remainder upon the earth. And the king said unto the woman, Go to thine house, and I will give charge concerning thee. And the woman of Tekoa said unto the king, My lord, O king, the iniquity be on me and on my father's house, and the king and his throne be guiltless. And the king said, 
whosoever saith aught unto thee, bring him to me, and he shall not touch thee any more. Then said she, I pray thee, let the king remember the Lord thy God, that thou wouldest not suffer the revengers of blood to destroy any more, lest they destroy my son. And he said, As the Lord liveth, there shall not one hair of thy son fall to the earth. Then the woman said, Let thine handmaid, I pray thee, speak one word unto my lord the king. And he said, Say on. And the woman said, Wherefore then hast thou thought such a thing against the people of God? For the king doth speak this thing as one which is faulty, in that the king doth not fetch home again his banished. For we must needs die, and are as water spilt on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Neither doth God respect any person, yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. Now therefore that I am come to speak of this thing unto my lord the king, it is because the people have made me afraid. And thy handmaid said, I will now speak unto the king. It may be that the king will perform the request of his handmaid. For the king will hear to deliver his handmaid out of the hand of the man that would destroy me and my son together out of the inheritance of God. Then thine handmaid said, The word of my lord the king shall now be comfortable. For as an angel of God, so is my lord the king to discern good and bad. Therefore the Lord thy God will be with thee. Then the king answered and said unto the woman, Hide not from me, I pray thee, the thing that I shall ask thee. And the woman said, Let my lord the king now speak. And the king said, is not the hand of Joab with thee in all this? And the woman answered and said, As thy soul liveth, my lord the king, none can turn to the right hand or to the left from aught that my lord the king hath spoken. For thy servant Joab, he bade me, and he put all these words in the mouth of thine handmaid, to fetch about this form of speech hath thy servant Joab done this thing. And my Lord is wise, according to the wisdom of an angel of God, to know all things that are in the earth. And the king said unto Joab, Behold now, I have done this thing. Go therefore, bring the young man Absalom again. And Joab fell to the ground on his face, and bowed himself, and thanked the king. And Joab said, Today thy servant knoweth that I have found grace in thy sight, my lord, O king, in that the king hath fulfilled the request of his servant. So Joab arose and went to Geshur and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. And the king said, Let him turn to his own house, and let him not see my face. So Absalom returned to his house and saw not the king's face. But in all Israel there was none to be so much praised as Absalom for his beauty. From the sole of his foot even to the crown of his head there was no blemish in him. And when he pulled his head, for it was at every year's end that he pulled it, because the hair was heavy on him, therefore he pulled it. He weighed the hair of his head at two hundred shekels after the king's weight. 
And unto Absalom there were born three sons, and one daughter whose name was Tamar. She was a woman of a fair countenance. So Absalom dwelt two full years in Jerusalem, and saw not the king's face. Therefore Absalom sent for Joab to have sent him to the king, but he would not come to him. And when he sent again the second time, he would not come. Therefore he said unto his servants, See, Joab's field is near mine, and he hath barley there. Go and set it on fire. And Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab arose and came to Absalom unto his house, and said unto him, Wherefore have thy servants set my field on fire? And Absalom answered Joab, Behold, I sent unto thee, saying, Come hither, that I may send thee to the king, to say, Wherefore am I come from Geshur? It had been good for me to have been there still. Now therefore, let me see the king's face, and if there be any iniquity in me, let him kill me. So Joab came to the king and told him, and when he had called for Absalom, he came to the king and bowed himself on his face to the ground before the king, and the king kissed Absalom. Second Samuel chapter Looking outside my window pane, it is 68 degrees, clouding up. If you look on the map, you can see something that is kind of popping up here just out of the blue. And that is right in there. Those, those two little blue marks popping up. That could bring us a rain shower because it's clouding up outside. So here in East Kentucky, that's what's going on. Hope you're having better weather. It was sunshiny just like, I don't know, 30 seconds ago. And now, got some clouds in the area. But it may rain, it may not. We'll just have to wait and see. Looks like that, uh, speaking of weather, a stray shower. Yeah, that's one of them things. Just a stray shower just wandering in here. Patchy low clouds and fog this morning, then a blend of sun and clouds this afternoon. High of 73. It's going to be tomorrow, high of 73. Patchy low clouds and fog early, otherwise sunny in 73. And then on Friday, well, looks like it's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 74 degrees. Nice with plenty of sunshine. Well, why you say let's uh, try to squeeze something in here that we like to do. And, of course, uh, we like to uh, have 60 seconds with the pastor. And uh, we recorded these back in 2021. So uh, these are uh, just little one-minute segments that uh, we have been doing for some time now. And, of course... Uh, we need to record some new ones. Yes, we do. So uh, we're going to give you uh, episode number, let's see, this will be episode number 40. And here we go with episode number 
40. Praise the Lord, everybody. I'm Pastor Richard D. McKinney, and welcome to 60 Seconds with the Pastor. Psalms 27, verses 4 and 5 says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in His pavilion, in the secret of His tabernacle shall He hide me, He shall set me up upon a rock. The place of worship is more than a building. It is a place where we get connected, connected to the Lord and each other. The place of worship is also a place where we experience the beautiful presence of the Lord and the protection He gives. Stay connected to your church. Stay connected to your church. That's right. That is 60 Seconds with the Pastor. And it's time for us to do a little bit of something, something that we like to do to get all of our minds thinking and see how everybody did yesterday. It's time for our trivia question. Of the day. time is it? I'll tell you what time it is. It's time for another CAC Trivia Question of the Day. CAC Trivia Question of the Day is brought to you by Cornerstone Apostolic Church and the Apostolic Voice of Phelps radio and television broadcast. The radio broadcast is heard every Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. on WQHYFM 95.5 out of Prestonsburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net and click on the List Live link Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world, that's Q95FM.net. And also, you can uh, watch us Sundays, the Apostolic Voice of Phelps television broadcast, Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can also watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. Well, today's trivia question, how many Marys, how many Marys stood near the cross when Jesus was crucified? How many Marys stood near the cross when Jesus was crucified? All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily, click on the link, and it'll take you where you need to go. And we'll have the results on tomorrow's broadcast. And speaking of results, we do have the results of yesterday's trivia question. Yesterday's trivia question was this. Who was Saul's oldest son? And out of those that participated, it looks like 100% of you got it right. That's right. So 100% of you got it correct. And the oldest son's name was Jonathan, found in 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 49. So 
good job on that, and you can get today's correct. How many Marys stood near the cross when Jesus was crucified? And uh, we'll have the results of that on tomorrow's broadcast. You know, that just kind of gets us thinking. We do a little research. We do a little searching of the Scripture. Hopefully nobody's just Googling Googling it and then uh, giving your answer. Hopefully you're searching your Bible. That's what we want you to do. And not only do we want you to search the Bible, we want you to retain the knowledge that you receive in the Word. Well, it is currently 68 degrees outside. Clouds are in the area. Could be a stray shower, as the weather says. Could be a stray shower. And uh, patchy fog this morning. And then sun this afternoon. So could be a little bit of sprinkles here and there. But we're looking forward to having a nice day here in East Kentucky. Well, it's kind of fall feeling have you noticed in the air it's kind of fall feeling? And uh looks like that uh, we have temperatures in the 50s and even in the high 40s uh, this week. Uh, 53 for the low tonight, 51 tomorrow, 52 Friday. And uh, looks like it's just going to be a little cool, uh, a little cooler than what it has been. Uh, but they said, well, we would have an early fall. And if you look at the hills in East Kentucky, well, you see that the leaves are turning. I don't know. I used to have a setting where you could see. I don't know if I still have it or not, but I'm going to try this and see how it works. That's not going to let you see outside. Let's see if this lets you see outside. It lets you see outside down the road, but it don't let you see any of the... Uh, any of the uh, trees. There we go. There we go. Uh, you can see a little bit of yellow in the trees, a little bit of uh, discoloring there. So yeah, we're uh, we're definitely in the uh, fall of the year. And then, who knows? We might have a bad winter. We might not. It seems like that uh, some of the things that we have. Uh, experience lately is um, more of mild winters it just uh, we'll have cold weather or we'll have a few snows but it's mostly mild and uh, maybe we'll have another mild winter who knows but it could be one of them winters that it finally snows I remember growing up I know people used to talk about this uh, we used to laugh some of the older generations say oh when I was a young man it would snow and it'd be knee deep, oh, and it would stay on and we'd have to walk to work and all this stuff. And uh, so when I say that now, I'm the old man now. When I was growing up, I remember it used to snow and we would miss a week or two of, of school at a time. Uh, and uh, we would sleigh ride all day and just, uh, it's just a, uh, Seemed like that it was just one of them winters that lasted forever, had a good time, and the snows were not just light snows, they were heavy snows. But uh, And I don't ever remember losing our power back then. Hmm, that's interesting. Maybe I'll have to think about that, but I don't remember losing our power even when the heavy snows came. 
Well, let's see what else we got going on here. Let's see if we can't squeeze this in. We like to do this. This is the Commonwealth Minute and Richard Nelson, Executive Director. Welcome to the Commonwealth Minute. Here's your host, Richard Nelson. Accidental drug overdoses are now the number one cause of death for young Americans in 37 states, including Kentucky. Since 2018, drug overdoses have claimed almost 177,000 lives. Drugs, which typically aren't fatal, are increasingly being laced with the deadly fentanyl. It's tragic, but a larger question looms. Why are so many young people numbing themselves with drugs? After all, America is the most prosperous and comfortable nation on the face of the earth. We're learning through this tragedy that prosperity and comfort cannot fill our deepest aspirations and needs. Only God can provide that. Peace and hope for the future are filled by God. In the meantime, while the tragedy continues, there's opportunities for Christians to share the love of Christ with our suffering neighbors. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at CPC for Kentucky and on the web at CommonwealthPolicyCenter.org. The number one cause of death for young Kentuckians is accidental overdose. And, uh, you know, I often wonder about these uh, basically third world countries that are shipping all these drugs in and smuggling all these drugs into America. If they're jealous and they want America to be like them in poverty and uh, struggling and all of that, who knows? But you know what? If our young generation gets uh, so involved in drugs that they walk around like zombies and you can see it in every little town, city, in the U.S., it's in our little town. It's in it's in uh, you know Pikeville. It's in uh, Lexington, Louisville. They they walk around like zombies. They they're just spaced out and just so numb to things around them. But uh, the number one cause of death for young Kentuckians is accidental overdose. That's why we need to reach our young people before it's too late. Well, it is time for us to take our little break. And the reason we take a break, we got to clear up the lag so that we can record these, put them on the archives, and people can watch them on their own time frame. So don't touch that any key. We'll be right back. Welcome to A Little Bit of Church Every Day, Home Bible Study 21st Century Style. CAC Daily iCast is aired Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Simply go to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link. You can join us for our radio broadcast Sundays at 9.30 a.m. on WQHY-FM 95.5 out of Prestonburg, Kentucky. You can also go to Q95FM.net, whether you live on the East Coast, West Coast, or around the world. That's Q95FM.net. You can also catch the television broadcast Sundays at 10 a.m. on the Tri-State CW, that's WQCW-TV. And you can watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 p.m. on Mountaintop Media TV. And if you don't get those cable channels or satellite service, you can still watch us Sundays at 2 and 2.30 simply by going to mountaintopmedia.com. 
You can follow CAC Daily iCast on Facebook at CAC Daily. Follow our Phelps campus at CAC Phelps I. Our Pikeville campus at Pikeville Apostolic. And Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. We're also on Twitter at CAC Daily iCast. The Phelps campus at CAC Phelps. The Pikeville campus at Pike UPC. And you can connect with Pastor McKinney at Pastor RDM. You can call in and leave your prayer requests and praise reports at 606-282-4108 or email those prayer requests and praise reports to cacdaily at cacphelps.org or cacdaily at cornerstoneapostolic.org. Let's now join Pastor McKinney as he takes us through another study in the Word. Praise the Lord, everybody, and welcome to another CAC Daily iCast, just a little bit of church every day, home Bible study, 21st century style. We are studying our way through the book of Revelation, going to be a, a, a kind of a slow, methodical study. Uh, we encourage you to take notes, uh, go back and watch the videos again. They'll be on the archives. You can share those uh, with uh, others if you wish. And uh, we can study along. Hopefully, we can all get some knowledge uh, because, first of all, the first and foremost reason for the book of Revelation is not just to show end-time events. It's the revealing of Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? And we've been studying and seeing some great vision and insight into what John saw. So we hope that you enjoy the broadcast today and the study today. So let's jump right in to the word of the Lord. We're going to pick up where we left off yesterday. And that is in the uh, verse number 20 of chapter 1. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. And that closes out chapter one, but I want to, um, I want to kind of um, dive back into what we were studying because, uh, you know, sometimes we, we think, okay, uh, seven stars, seven churches. Uh, why did it just say the number seven? Seven is not only the churches that was in Asia uh, at the time of John, uh, but also it was uh, and is a type and shadow of perfection. Seven is the perfect number. Uh, that God uses for perfection. So Jesus Christ is unveiled as the head of the church, as we mentioned in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. He is in the midst of the church as the high priest, the minister, but to also judge. And the seven stars are in his right hand, uh, and they are the seven the angels of the seven churches. Now, angels, of course, uh, these are the ministers or pastors, not, not the angelic beings that God created, but these are ministers and pastors. So the, the message is being sent out to the pastors, and that's the way it always is. Uh, you know, uh, even today, when, when you uh, are, are being preached to, or being taught the Word of God, 
the Lord is giving ministers and pastors the word for the moment. And uh, it might be something to encourage you. It might be something to warn you. It might be something to edify you. Um, But whatever the Lord gives, uh, he gives to the pastors. And that's the way that's the way the flow of the spirit goes. So with that said, uh, these angels are not angelic beings. They are the ministers or pastors of the churches, the seven churches. Uh, this teaches us that ministry is in the right hand of Christ, and right hand always speaks of power. The ministry is held by Christ in a place of power. This protects the ministry in times of danger and opposition. That's why when you're in the hand of the Lord and your ministry is in the hand of the Lord, the right hand, power, it will stand through wars, World War I, II, Korean War, uh, Vietnam, all the other uh, wars that we've been involved in. The Bible still remains the same. It doesn't change. Uh, during Hitler's rule and, and, and torture of the Jews, the Bible's still the same. We find that the Word of God is in the power of God, and therefore nothing can destroy it. That's why you read things like, if God be for us, who can be against us? Because when you're sitting or standing or uh, leaning uh, I guess leaning wouldn't be a good word, but if you're uh, living in the power of the Spirit, that's why we walk by faith, not by sight. We walk in the Spirit. That's why we uh, you know, are in the power of the Holy Ghost. It's because we know that nothing around us, not wars, not discouragement, not opposition, can destroy us or destroy the word of the Lord. Why? Because it's in the power, the right hand of Jesus Christ. So this protects ministry in times of danger and opposition. It also speaks of judgment if the ministry is false and untrue. And there is no escaping out of his hand. I think that's a good thing to to talk about. Now, we know that there are, uh, you know, uh, the mention of the seven spirits of God. We know God is a spirit, and there's only one spirit, Ephesians 4 and 4. So it's not talking about uh, something that is um, a multiplicity of God or anything like that. These seven spirits speak of the total sum of his ministry. Uh, it, it attributes knowledge, especially that of all-knowing omniscience. Uh, the following seven spirits are mentioned in Isaiah chapter 11 and verse number 2. Spirit of the Lord, spirit of wisdom, spirit of understanding, spirit of counsel, spirit of might, spirit of knowledge, spirit of the fear of the Lord. So when you look at that, of course, There's just things that maybe we don't fully understand, but we do understand that the Lord is one, and he's revealing himself as the one that holds ministry in his hand, holds the church in his hands, holds everything 
in his hand. And, and I want to kind of take away the plurality. We're used to say he's got the whole world in his hands, and he does. But it's in his hand that the ministry and the church is held. In his right hand, which denotes power. Keep that in mind because you're going to need that as time goes on. As we look at these things in the book of Revelation, we uh, go to Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 19, and it just begins to uh, give us a little bit of understanding uh, and a little bit of information. I want to kind of bring that up on the screen for you here. If I can, right quick, um, write these things, write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. Now, that word hereafter is very, very important. So let's uh, dive right in and start at Revelation 19. In Revelation 19, uh, Chapter 1, verse 19, I should say. John was instructed to write the things which thou hast seen, the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. In Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, we have recorded the letters to the seven churches of Asia. Of course, these were more than, uh, there were more than seven churches in Asia, even when John wrote this in 96 AD. For example, Colossae, or Colossae, uh, had an important church which was not included with the seven. The number seven is always a number of perfection or completion. So we always know that there is only one church from her birth on the day of Pentecost until the translation when Jesus returns. The seven churches of Asia are the things that are representative of one church. Here we find descriptions of the spiritual history of the church from John's day until the second coming of Jesus. In the book of Revelation, the church disappears from the earth at the close of chapter 3 and is not seen again until the 19th chapter. Now, the seven churches in church history, as we kind of break things down, in church history, the seven churches are representative of a definite period of history. We can look at it as a, as a definite period of history. We can see these churches uh, and things that people went through, uh, different time frames, different generations, and all these things. Ephesus, church of the first century, from Pentecost to 96 A.D., the Apostolic Church. That's that's Ephesus. Smyrna is is talked about the suffering, persecuted church of the second and third centuries. So breaking this down in in 96 A.D., 312, uh, uh, three, uh, I guess it's 96 A.D through 312 A.D. when Constantine professed his conversion. Pergamos, the imperial church, 312 A.D. to 500 A.D. Thyatira 
was during the Dark Ages, 500 to 1520, the beginning of the Reformation. Sardis was the Church of Protestant Reformation. Philadelphia, the Church of Revival and Brotherly Love, the true church which will be raptured. Laodicea, the end-time church of apostasy. People that quit believing. People that quit having faith. And I preached this at the Pikeville campus um, Sunday. We don't have a preaching problem. We don't have a singing problem. We don't have a music problem. We don't even have a church building problem. We got a believing problem. People just don't believe anymore. They don't believe the Lord is real. They don't believe he can help in the time of trouble. They don't believe that one day he's coming back. So where do we think we're lining up at in all these churches? Yeah, we may see a little bit of that in all of us, but I think Laodicea stands out as in the last day we're going to see a lot of coldness, lukewarmness, and remember, that's the church that Jesus said, I would that you would be hot or cold because you're lukewarm. I'm going to spew you or throw up, regurgitate you out of my mouth. That's a rejection. I don't want to be lukewarm. When Jesus comes, I want to be on fire. When Jesus comes, I want to be having revival. When Jesus comes, I want us at CAC, PAC, and all of you that watch the Daily iCast, I want you to be on fire for the Lord. I believe if we're on fire for the Lord, we'll never be on fire in that place called hell. So we need to be on fire for the Lord. So it should be noted that church history covers a time period of approximately two millennia. Uh, throughout history, God has always had a few who kept his word. Always had a few. There's always going to be a church. They may not be a church location. You know, like you might say, well, if there's always a church, why did this church shut down? They may not be a church location. You know, you may not have a church in the city of, you know, Philadelphia. You may not have a church in the city of, of uh, Louisville, Kentucky. We don't know. We don't know what the end time is going to uh, produce. But um, just because churches shut down or churches cease to be or people quit going to a church and they get so small that they have they can't pay the bills and all that, they just go ahead and shut the doors, then that doesn't mean the church is in trouble. That doesn't mean that God doesn't have a church. That just means that particular area didn't want to hear the name of Jesus. And that's, that's the reason churches struggle in attendance. And that's the reason churches shut down is because people don't want to hear about Jesus. They don't want to hear about Jesus. So uh, there's always been a few who has kept his word throughout history and did not deny his name. He never left himself without a witness. What the church lost in Pergamos and Thyatira periods, God restores completely to Philadelphia. We just look at those things and see some were in trouble, but some had brotherly love, and and you know some some were struggling, and some were flourishing. 
Some had problems, but some were doing the best they could do and not letting Satan come in and destroy. If we read about the seven churches, and I, I think that we will um, kind of dive into some of this, hopefully it won't be too long and too uh, deep that we get bored or lost. If you start getting bored with this, please tell me, uh, because I just love to study the Word, and sometimes what I study and the way I bring it out may not be something that you can handle. Uh, but if you're interested in this, then let me know that also, and that will be a great uh, a great uh, witness that we're doing uh, what you, the viewers, are uh, interested in because this is why we teach the Word. We want you to know. So looking at um, the seven churches located in seven cities of Asia Minor, these cities were situated in a triangular manner. From Ephesus, one goes north to Smyrna and to Pergamos, and about 100 miles north. Uh, coming back southeasterly, one comes to Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and finally Laodicea, about 100 miles east of Ephesus. Now, beginning at Ephesus, one can reach each city in proper order by traveling clockwise from city to city. Let's go to the first one, and hopefully we can get this in because our time is almost up, but hopefully we can get this in uh, at least talk about Ephesus. Ephesus was located at the mouth of the Caster uh, River. Uh, Ephesus was a busy trading port until its harbor began to fill up. Even through or even though Ephesus was the seat of the worship of the goddess, false goddess Diana, the fertility goddess, and the home of her temple, in the first century it was a dying city, leaning more and more to its trade of religious souvenirs and tourism. The temple of Diana was one of the seven wonders of the world. Think about that. Ephesus was a dying city leaning more and more to the trade of religious souvenirs and tourism. When church becomes about souvenirs and tourism, that church is going to fall. Now, when I say that church, it's not the church. It's a part of the church. I'm part of the church. You're part of the church. Wherever you go to church, that's part of the church. So when the parts, our little local congregations, when we become more about souvenirs and tourism. What do you mean by that? People just come to church to get trinkets. Oh, they're giving out CDs today. Let's go. Oh, they're giving out, uh, you know, some uh, uh, fruit baskets. Let's go. Oh, they're giving out this. Let's go. Souvenirs and tourism, just coming to be entertained. What is tourism? Tourism's a place to go see things that uh, you just want to look at. You want to look at. So a lot of times, if 
if a church becomes nothing more than trinkets, gimmicks, souvenirs, and tourism, onlookers, visitors, people wanting to be entertained, that church will soon fall away. That church will that church will be like Ephesus, a dying city. But you know what? They had the Temple of Diana there, and and that was where uh, it was even listed as one of the seven wonders of the world. Now I see our time is up, so I don't want to jump into Smyrna, but we're going to go through each of these churches, and we're going to see what was going on at the time, what they were involved at at the time, um, how the church was, and hopefully we can receive this and guard ourselves, the congregation of the churches we attend, from falling into a destructive behavior. I certainly don't want the church to become a place of trinkets, souvenirs, or tourism. I want it to be a place where people can feel the Lord. I want it to be a place where people can experience a move of God that will change their life forever, that will lift them up in their times of being down, will encourage them when they're discouraged. Let's let the church be what the church was birth birth in the upper room for power with God and witnesses to the world let's pray Lord we come before your presence we thank you for the study you're allowing us to study in the book of Revelation we ask that you would help us to expound it line upon line precept upon precept rightly dividing the word of truth And as we go through the book of Revelation, help us to understand what is being said, the time period, the the events. But most of all, help us to always retain the knowledge that you are God. You hold the church in your right hand of power. You hold the ministry and the ministers in your right hand of power. Lord, help somebody today who's struggling in a church, help churches who are struggling, that they will get refocused and not just be a church of trinkets, souvenirs, and tourism. There'll be a place of power. For it's all in the mighty name of Jesus we ask and pray. Amen. Well, that will conclude our teaching session today, and I hope that you have been blessed by what we have discussed, and uh, be sure to take notes and continue to, uh, you know, uh, research and study more because there's so much more. Things that I think we need to know may, may uh, you know, be good and, and right, but they may be things that you want to know more of. You want to know more of. You don't want to just say, okay, well, that was pretty good. Uh, You want to dig deeper, and I pray that you do. We do have our trivia question up and running, and, of course, our trivia question for today is simply this. It is how many Marys 
how many Marys stood near the cross when Jesus was crucified. All you got to do is go to the Facebook page of CAC Daily, click on the link. It'll take you where you need to go. And we'll have the results on tomorrow's broadcast. Everybody have a great day. Enjoy your day. Don't forget, tonight at 7 o'clock, we got Bible study and youth service. Come on out and be with us tonight at 7. May the Lord richly bless you and keep you as our prayer. Everybody have a great day because we are out of here. On behalf of Pastor McKinney and the congregation of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, we would like to invite you and your family to come and visit with us. We feel that you will enjoy the spirit-filled atmosphere as we worship the Lord together in spirit and in truth. We have Sunday school classes for all ages, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evening service at 7 p.m. The adults meet in the main sanctuary, while the youth meet in the CAC Youth Sanctuary. You can also catch our services live by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the live webcast link during our regular and special scheduled services. If you missed a service, you can still watch that service in its entirety by going to cornerstoneapostolic.org and click on the video archives link. Come on out to Cornerstone Apostolic Church and experience the power of Pentecost. We hope to see you in future services.